In this week's episode, we have Krista with Sweet Hair by Krista, a member of one of our Facebook groups who brought some interesting points to the table. And we are so looking forward to having a conversation with her today about inclusivity and how we can make our businesses even better. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is so fun to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We love it when this happens, but that you were in one of our Facebook communities and had reached out and kind of commented on a situation going on in there in the comments, and it opened up you joining us today. So we just love that. Absolutely. And like I said, you're creating a platform for people to speak up and other topics to cover. So I think that's amazing in itself. So thank you. Thank you. We're glad to have you here. Now, could you tell us a little bit about the projects you're working on and the communities you're a part of? Yeah. So just to give a proper introduction to everyone, my name is Krista and my pronouns are she, her, and I've been a hairstylist in the industry for a little over 10 years now. So I'm working behind the chair, but I have joined up with an organization called the Dress Code Project. And the Dress Code Project is an alliance of safer space salons for aimed towards the queer community. So how this training works is that salons that are interested off the bat need to have gender neutral restrooms, gender neutral pricing. So they get sent a training packet, which goes over how to have gender neutral consultations, how to use pronouns properly, and just a lot of overview and examples on our community and what we have to go through. So salons can join in that way, but I'm a little bit of an extra step and I'm what's called a difference maker. So there's a group of us that are a little more closely connected with the Dress Code Project. And basically we are advocates and provide education, answer questions, and just kind of overall spread that there's something like this out there for folks to go to, because a lot of times salons are unsafe. There's so many unsafe things that can happen for queer folks. So just to be extra, a little bit more involved with this organization is incredible. And we've been growing a lot. We're global. It's a wonderful thing. Another thing that we also offer through being a Dress Code Project Salon is what's called a gender-free haircut club. So we offer uh, free haircuts to queer youth, and it's really fun to make a day of it. We'll advertise. Sometimes I like to ask local businesses that are also queer or queer-friendly to like maybe donate some pastries or some samples of products or something like that so the whole community can be involved. And, you know, other than that, I, I love to volunteer at any of the LGBTQ. LGBTQ centers and do haircuts. And I've also recently dabbled with individual one-on-one training for businesses to tailor that business towards being more inclusive. So basically inclusivity training. So that's, yeah, my whole focus right now. Which is actually perfect because a large part of our audience is they're people in the industry, a lot of them are wedding planners that are just getting started. So it's not like they've been doing this for 10 years and they're trying to turn the ship and and learn new things as they go that they've been doing this for a decade or so, but they're also very new. So 
Can you tell us a little bit about how service providers, not just stylists, but like how we as planners or wedding vendors can be more inclusive? Like what are some of the tips and tricks and suggestions that you give in your training with stylists that might apply for our audience as well? So the beauty about all this is it's really like spread across the board. Like this can really apply to any business, which I love. So this is going to be a common theme, but ask pronouns and do not make assumptions. I know that it can be new sometimes for folks to ask someone's pronouns, but practice, 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 repetition. It is the best thing to hear when I meet a stranger and they ask me for my pronouns or they'll say, hi, my name's John. My pronouns are he, they, what are, what are your name and pronouns? Like that's a huge, huge thing t- towards making our community feel safe. And also when folks are approaching the subject, we don't use preferred pronouns. It's just, what are your pronouns? They're not preferred. They just pronouns are. So also just to kind of go over that, because a big part of this is about pronouns is people sometimes use multiple pronouns as I made an example of earlier, and it's okay to use either or or both. So a big thing also is like for vendors, wedding parties is kind of across the board, do your research. A big thing that I can say is that, you know, sometimes people don't bother with what they deem doesn't affect them. But in reality, we all affect each other. So practice, 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 since not anyone else's job to educate you about things that you're not familiar with. So libraries, internet, podcasts, etc., like are great resources for people. You know, when we all put in the work to respect each other, that's where community starts. And that's why it's so important for businesses, because you want those clients and those people to come back and be recommended to other people. So community is very much rooted in that kind of communication and respect. Yeah, it definitely seems to come from a place of respect and just honoring the person for who they are and being aware that they may be very different than you. They may be similar to you. It doesn't matter. That's who they are. And just making sure you're not assuming anything. I think that's so smart. And that's at the base of it. Now, wedding professionals don't just interact with the couple. They often interact with like the family, like what I call wedding day VIPs or the wedding party. Any tips for wedding pros to handle that larger group? Because they may not have as much direct contact, but I would imagine doing something like asking for the wedding party list as well as maybe pronouns so that they can get familiar with that before they're in the room on the day and super busy. And there's like 20 people there. Yeah. That's actually a super, super excellent idea. It really helps to prepare beforehand. Like when I reach out to my clients, it's always through phone or text and I'm asking pronouns beforehand. And so also I can get familiar with their pronouns and be the most accurate, you know, that I can and not, you know, misgender anybody. So that's actually a really, really great tip. And it kind of goes back again, like, especially when you're in larger groups, just ask, don't assume anything. That's again, common theme. You know, other things is we don't want to like, when we're all in the thick of it, we don't want to assume like who's related to who or what partners they may have. Like, you know, that day of can get a little hectic, but as you said, having some organization set up beforehand is super important. And I I really think you were spot on with what you just said. (laughs) Good, good. But but when in doubt, ask, you know? If there's never any shame in that, even if it's multiple times, even if you forget, mm-hmm. it's rather that than misgender someone and make someone feel uncomfortable. Now, just to reiterate on that, if that happens, because I also think it's good to be prepared with if you do, you know, mess up or make someone feel uncomfortable by misgendering them. 
What's super, super important for our community is for you to apologize, correct yourself, and move on. We don't want to take that hurt away from someone by saying something like, oh, I'm trying, or I'm new at this, or I'm learning. It's really helpful to just own what happened and just move on. So I know it can be intimidating, you know, for folks first learning how to use this language, but that is my best tip of advice is just apologize and move on. Yeah. I almost felt freed a little bit with you saying this because it's not a circumstance that I run into a lot and I am very much afraid that I'm just going to miss the mark entirely. (laughs) So just to have a very tactful, like, okay, I'm going to apologize and we're going to go ahead and move on. And even here you say like, you take the time to learn them, to learn the pronouns so you can use them properly. As someone who is pretty well immersed into this community and that you still say, I take the time to learn them. It's not automatic. You're going to see different words. You're going to see different pronouns and that you need that time to assign that and to make sure that you're committing that to memory. Makes me feel quite a bit better because I'm like, what if, just what if, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt someone. I don't want to frustrate someone. And I want to be respectful of that. So to learn that it's still a learning process and something you have to dedicate yourself towards is really encouraging. Yeah. Now us, like we are seeing a whole myriad of diverse wedding parties these days, which is insanely cool. And we want to honor that. So how can we as professionals address gender stereotypes and assumptions made about the couple and the wedding party specifically in regards to hair and makeup? Okay. So I have a little bit of an overview for this. So bring it uh, on. (laughs) we, We are seeing more and more diverse wedding and wedding parties more than ever, but it is still very much a cisgender heterosexual industry. So cisgender means that you identify with your birth sex just to give you a little definition of what that means. So it can be super intimidating for couples to find their way through the wedding planning process, you know, facing discrimination from even like the people getting married and, you know, in their wedding parties or vendors or other guests, like it's this very intimidating world right now. So, you know, the best thing I would say for beauty industry professionals is to ask pronouns, refrain from gendered language, especially during consultations and during the day of, and just don't assume. Ask what would make them feel most comfortable and take it one step at a time because obviously you're providing a service. So you want them to feel the most comfortable. And the best way to do that is to just ask. Mm -hmm. I think what we've seen is a lot of wedding professionals moving away from terms like bridesmaids, groomsmen, like assuming that everyone is going to be in this group all homogenous. I don't know. I feel like that word could work here, but (laughs) that, you know, everyone's going to be the same in that group. Like Jamie, your brother was your best. Yeah. My brother was my best man. And I was someone's best woman at a wedding. Like we're seeing a lot more crossovers. Yeah. 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 So it's just such a mix. And also not assuming that maybe there are some gentlemen in the wedding party on either side who want hair done professionally or makeup done. And that right now, I honestly can say I've never thought of asking that. Like, do we need the hair and makeup team to go to both groups? It's kind of just everything is on that track of just like, we are making some assumptions. And I could see how that could be very hurtful for someone who is wanting something different and maybe feeling uncomfortable to say it and ask for that. And they're not being asked. And if it was brought to them as an option that they'd be like, Oh, heck yeah. Like I want to get glammed up. Yeah. And that's another example of the service provider asking beforehand and not just to saying bridal party. I mean, there's, you could say anyone else in the wedding party, either side that would like anything done, like kind of having the going in with that preparation and not these assumptions. I think that would feel good for people in the wedding party too, to know Mm -hmm. that they're asked and just in general, like 
more neutral language like partners and spouses and just general wedding party stuff like that like anything we can just aim more neutral just feels so much more inclusive because it's so much more across the board yeah and this is something i know in the course that jamie has and things we're working on we always try to remove the gender if possible you know move away from bride and groom being on the paperwork and move towards like partner one partner two however you want or your name future spouse however you want to put it, but something that could work for any mix of a couple and any people, you know, and that's really what it's all about is making it not be something that's traumatic for them or upsetting as they're going through the process of doing paperwork with you. Like we want it to be a joyful thing. And I think those little things do make a big difference. And this is a question about something that's a little difficult. We interrupt this podcast because there is something extremely special that I want to share with you guys. I don't know about you, but for the last who knows how many years, I've been using a Frankenstein Google copied and pasted contract. And while that is extremely embarrassing to admit to all of our listeners, I know that there are people out there who feel the same as I do. And there were a couple things that kept me from actually getting an attorney drafted contract. Actually, no, there was one thing. It was so expensive and it seemed so out of reach. That's when I learned about Legally Set. You see, Coonby with Legally Set has created industry-specific contracts for people like you and me working in the wedding industry. They're easy to customize. They're drafted by an actual attorney and not Google. Can you imagine that? And last but not least, they are so extremely affordable. So if you were like me and maybe using a less than appropriate and or legal contract, it's time to step up your game. You have no more excuses. Head on over to the unionpodcast.com slash legally set to check them out. So we had a question come up from one of our listeners in a Facebook group, and they had asked what they should do if their faith makes them feel uncomfortable with working with queer clients. They don't want to hurt these people and reject them as we know can happen. And that's terrible, but they do not feel comfortable. And in my head, I'm like, if they don't feel comfortable, they're not going to provide a good service. So it's just not a good match on that level. But what would you recommend as a kind way they can explain it? Or do you think they should even talk to that point or just say, I'm not available. I want to refer you to this other amazing company that might be like, do you have any tips for that? Because ultimately we want clients to be paired up with amazing vendors who are going to love on them and service them so well. So what are your thoughts there? So this one I had to really think about because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a queer person Mm -hmm. and just, you know, if a business did that to me, like that would feel just absolutely devastating. But the first thing that comes to my mind is you should not have a business. Yeah. Um, There's no polite way to be bigoted and hateful. Mm -hmm. Good Um, point. You know, that's like saying, you know, my religion or culture is superior, more superior than human rights. It's discrimination against already marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. You know, allowing companies to discriminate against a group because of those values continues the cycle of hate. And Mm -hmm. the queer community is not here to facilitate ignorance. Mm -hmm. That question is kind of like asking hateful things masked by trying to be polite about it. Even if you are religious, that's a choice to be bigoted because there are plenty of other queer people that also have your same religion Mm -hmm. or are not queer and still choose love. Yeah. 
So yeah. now I have a follow-up question to that, if you'll allow me. So I don't know if you know, I was raised in the church. My dad's a pastor. So this has been an interesting thing for me to navigate as I am running a wedding business and as I am challenging ideas that I've heard for my whole life or haven't heard, but have kind of been like nodded to. Or So it's been a process for me. And in fact, I saw that question on the list and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to touch that. Even right before you came on, I'm like, Heather, I don't know if we can do that because I know that there's the middle of the ground people who are like, I'm relearning things. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know if I'm ready to help you because I'm editing stuff that was ingrained. So I think that question for me hits more for that demographic of not like hard pass. This book that I read tells me that I'm not allowed to. And more of, I don't know if I'm in a space emotionally to support you because I'm still figuring this out too. What would you say to someone who's in that position where it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a bad job for you. Right. Because that's a constant fear of mine is I want to make sure that I'm doing the best job for my clients. And it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I'm at now. And I know that there are people further back on that journey going, I don't know how. What would you say to those vendors? I would say to continue to educate yourself. Okay. You know, exposure and education, as we know, is a lot about learning new things. And I would continue to walk down that path and, you know, just educate yourself, but also realize that we are all humans yeah. at the end of the day here. And there's no room for hate. And our community, along with a lot of other marginalized community, has just received just amazing amounts of hate over the years. I mean, just being killed for who we are and being beat up in the street and, you know, all those things. And I really think it's important at the end of the day that we all have hearts and they're all beating. Yeah. And just to continue to do your research and kind of find that heart within you and realize that we're all the same, regardless of what we believe. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you so much answering that question. And I'm sure it was hard for you to hear that. And people have such diverse perspectives. I know when that question came up in our group, I was immediately like, oh God, like that is not even like, what? No, I can't. No, like you just have to love on people. Like why, why? But I'm at a very different place than that person and other people, you know, we're all learning. And I think it's definitely something like for that business. I'm like, there's no way on earth I would market that. Like that's a you thing to work on. Yeah. You don't need to put on your website that this is what we're doing. And I'm not open to this. I'm, I was just like, oh boy, this is a you thing. And yeah. you need, you know, keep unraveling that and learning to love people better. And then you will then serve clients better of all different types. So in my heart, that was my response to it. And I thought, this might be a good topic to bring up with you. And and I really appreciate your willingness to discuss that with us. And I hope it did not bring you any hurt because certainly we just love and appreciate you for being here and speaking with us today. We interrupt this week's podcast for Jamie to use a weird voice to talk about something she's really excited about. You guys, I will never stop talking about HoneyBook. You know, you know, I'm obsessed with this platform. It is just the most comprehensive way for me as a wedding planner to make sure I'm tracking my clients, keep all the files in the same exact place, keep all of our communication centralized, and to make sure I don't double book because I know that's the nightmare of so many of us. Right now, HoneyBook is offering 50% off a one-year subscription, which is absolutely insane. I don't know why they didn't offer this when I first signed up. To be honest, I'm a little bit bitter, but you have the awesome opportunity of taking advantage of this today. So if you are interested, head on over to the unionpodcast.com slash honeybook and sign up today. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking about it. Actually, I'm probably keep talking about it anyways. So you should just go sign up.
Okay, I'm curious because in your profile on your website, you say you're a chaser of heart and rarely follow a linear path. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I can totally, I can relate to that. So how do you believe that this has helped you grow your business? Like maybe I'm asking for a friend that may or may not also be myself. <laughs> like how's being a creative soul been like a benefit to managing your salon and like the people you work with? How do you turn creativity into like a business model, you know? Yeah. As my mother would say, I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. (laughs) I think that I've built my business really around me being authentically myself and encouraging my clients and folks around me to do the same. There's a freedom within that. And there's this beautiful domino effect that happens to others around you. There's an attraction to that. Basically, it says, this is me. You be exactly who you are. And it creates safer spaces and interactions, which has helped mold and grow my business. I have advertised my own business directly to queer folks and allies. And when people sit in my chair, they feel that authentic energy and that there's no judgment here. And it's been a very natural thing that has happened within my business. I have 90% of my clients are queer. And the other 10% are allies. Like I don't have room for anything else in my life besides, you know, clients that are queer or allies because it's what I want to be around too. So there's this natural attraction that happens and it's flourished because of that. So just being absolutely myself is how I've grown my business, to be honest with you. Which is such helpful information because obviously so many people that are listening right now are like new business owners. They're getting started. And I think one thing that we've talked about before is like you have to put out what you want to receive. Like you have to put out the language that you want to receive in your clientele, right? And so the fact that you've used this creativity, this like chaser of heart mentality, but also you've used specific words and specific phrasing that have now created a beautiful culture in all of your clients, right? Because it wasn't just, I'm going to throw this out there and hope for the best. It's like, no, I'm intentional. This is the audience that I'm going after. This is the clientele that I want in my chair. This is the community that I want to support. And I think that that's something that can be really translated into wedding planning or being a wedding vendor. Mm -hmm. You just speak it out there. Just like yell it into the ether. Who do you want to bring in? What kind of clients do you want? Do you want open-hearted? Do you want fun-loving? Do you want budget-conscious? Do you want to bring in queer clientele? Put it out there. You got to say it out loud to be able to kind of create that culture. Yeah. And some like tips for businesses is like, you know, a lot of photographers, my partner and I are getting married next year. And a lot of photographers are like, oh yeah, like I do queer weddings, but I don't see that represented in their work on their website, on their Instagram, Mm -hmm. advertise it, you know, advertise who you want to attract. And just remember that like people might not remember exactly what you talked about or your interactions, but they're always going to remember how they felt with you. Mm -hmm. And that goes so, so far, especially with like intimate jobs, like the wedding industry and like the hair industry, like they're always going to remember how you made them feel. And that goes way further than words. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, congratulations. That's super exciting. I know. Wait, why don't we lead with that? (laughs) I know. I know. How is that going? How is the planning going? We have to hear. It's been going really well. We're probably like 85 to 90% done and still have like eight months left. So I'm honestly feeling... I'm feeling really that's a good. Solid, that's a solid point to be at with that much oh time. Gosh. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait, how? I am a planner. <laughs> so <Welcome. there's>, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We got engaged March 2020. Hmm. So what I, a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. 
Yep. And we also moved to a new state two weeks before my partner proposed and in the middle of the pandemic. So it's actually given me more time to do research. <laughs> yeah. Lots of research time at home. Yeah. Research, but the yeah. only thing that we have left is a deposit down on our catering and that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Now you yeah. can just like get excited for the party and like pick out an awesome playlist. Oh yes. My partner is the one putting together. It's a lot of Beyonce on there already. I'm oh, so for love it. it. <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I wanted to go back to a question earlier about the gender neutral pricing for hair. I was mm-hmm. curious about this because I'm like, now I'd never thought of that, but I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because wouldn't it be by like the style you want or like, I don't know, the volume of your hair, the thickness, like Jamie's got a lot of hair. That Bro. seems like a lot more to handle. <laughs> so much hair on this head. Yeah. Yeah. So gender neutral pricing is an awesome thing because I go by length, time and density. Creative process also plays a role into that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people that are not men and women that come into the salon. So it's Mm -hmm. like, where do they fit? And everyone fits everywhere. There's also like, people can also charge just by time. Mm -hmm. So if you have 60 minute haircut, 40 minute haircut, Mm -hmm. you know, hour and a half haircut, like there's those pricing, but Hair has no gender. It doesn't. So that's how we kind of implement with the dress code project is teaching people that there's more than one way to price neutrally. And I was looking for a new barber where I moved. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking for not a men's cut or a women's cut or wherever I want to get my hair cut. I'm looking at short, medium, long or 40, 60, 90 minute haircuts. And just that I cannot express how much safer that feels right off the bat. And another great thing for businesses to do is to, especially like small owned businesses, put your pronouns in your bios, put your pronouns on your advertising. This is also just another inclination for my community to feel safer working with you, knowing that you're more aware and that is something very important in our community. So that's also a wonderful thing that vendors, businesses can do as well. Yeah. I could see that being a signal that, you know, I'm aware I'm honoring you. I'm showing who I am so I can honor who you are. Mm -hmm. And I know for some people, they feel like it's uncomfortable if they're not, they're like, well, why do I have to do that? And it's like, I don't need to tell them. I look the way that you would assume my pronouns are. And I think it's just showing the person who isn't in that situation that it's okay. Like you're just the same as them and you're just going to lay out who you are as much as they are laying out who they are. So I think that's a really wise thing folks can do. Yeah. And, you know, another tool also like, you know, if you say, oh, what are your pronouns? There's going to be some people that like, well, why are you asking me that? Or like some people that are going to make a little kerfuffle about it. And a simple response is I don't assume people's gender. Also, another important tool to, I think, to handle certain types of situations, just like, what if I mess up on pronouns? Apologize and move on. What if someone questions why I'm asking them for their pronouns? I don't make assumptions on people's gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't feel good to feel like frozen up about it or anything. So that's just another way that I like to tell folks is a simple way of explaining that to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are two really good lines people can write down to remember. And ultimately if you're a business owner and you're having people fill out like a form on your website to schedule a call with you, just put it on the form, you guys, then you don't even have to ask verbally and be afraid. You just, just put it on the form and then you have the information and everybody feels comfortable. Yeah. And another thing is pronouns are like, you know, shifting or changing just like our language does. Mm-hmm. So I also would suggest not putting pre-printed pronouns. Mm-hmm. I would just put 
pronouns in a blank, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of different pronouns that are coming besides just they, he, and she. Mm-hmm. So that's also a good tip for businesses. Okay. I find myself, cause I have a toddler, so I'm around her and a bunch of other little humans. And I tend to just use they, is that, is that in your estimation? Okay. Because I don't want to, you know, they're all tiny little humans, so they don't maybe know their gender. Like this is not for sure set in stone yet. So I just feel like I try to leave it open, but I don't know if I tick off some of my friend's parents or my little, you know, my friends that are parents, if they're upset that I just refer to most children as they, because I don't like to you know, set things out there if I don't know. Well, I would definitely say if they do have a problem, that's their problem. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I feel like they is very accepted as like, just like they, one, you know, like there are certain words that you could just use and anyone could be that, you know, yeah, it's not and, too narrow. Yeah. And that's exactly the correct thing to do is when you're unsure about someone's gender, you can use they, them, or just use their name. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. If you can remember to pronounce their name correctly, which is yeah. a struggle <laughs> for me. So hence I, I'm going to go with they most of the time, just yeah. not mess it up. We have identical twin daughters and my husband cannot tell who they are from the back of their head. Me, I'm like, mama knows, mama knows. I'm like, yeah. I know that freckle. I know that you have a curl in your hair right here and your sister doesn't because they are identical. So my husband just goes with, hey, itty bitty. <laughs> so I'm wondering like if hopefully in certain situations I could just use that as a skill. Be like, sup, itty bitty. But I think that probably only works on our children. Although they're now 11. So we're probably nearing the age of like cute little itty bitty nickname is not going to be as fun anymore. But yeah, if my husband can... <laughs> use itty bitty intermittently, then I think we could try to figure out using some other terms that'll make people feel comfortable. For sure. He can't tell them from the back of their head. So, you know, why not? Why assume? Yeah. Their own nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. I think loving nicknames always good. Always good. Always good. Krista, you like your heart is so tangible. Your heart for this community and for what you want to do and for the change that you want to make. It's so palpable. Your caring soul is like, I just wish I could squeeze you right now. And, and also we do this thing where we like feature weddings from our Facebook groups and stuff. So if you don't send in your photos, (laughs) I'm going to be very frustrated. Okay. We need to definitely send it. <laughs> but I honestly, I'm glad to hear stories of business owners out there supporting their clients, employees, communities that they care about so much. So, like, just keep doing what you are doing. You are setting an example for so many business owners. And I'm like, I shared part of my story. I'm still figuring it out. I'm like 72 steps behind you and stumbling along the way. But to see someone who's so graciously and so caringly just sharing and being vulnerable on things that are uncomfortable is super refreshing. And I just can't thank you enough for it. Yeah. Thank you again, like having platforms like this, like, although, you know, you don't identify as queer, this is so important, especially in this industry. We have so many barriers to break down this industry so far. So I thank you both for being allies to this community and spreading awareness and making a difference because you give a platform to it today. So thank you. Thank you again. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have you back to talk about your wedding experience after as well. Follow up. How fun. Awesome. Well, we do love to talk to the wedding pros or folks who work in the industry after their wedding, because it's like gives such a different perspective, right? When, you know, you might've worked at a number of weddings and done hair and makeup. And now to actually go through it all and be from that other perspective, it's like, woof. Ooh. 
why it's wild. It's eye opening too, where you're like, Oh, I've probably been doing some things wrong because I didn't realize some of the problems the whole crew there was experiencing that maybe I could have done slightly different things. You know, it's just like really good for your business, obviously very special day for you personally as well, but yeah, that would be fun. We'll have to follow up. Definitely. You said you're like eight months out. It'll be at the end of April. Yeah. Write that down. Make sure we get a little little email (laughs) queued up so we don't miss you. (laughs) Oh man, thank you for taking the time. This has been a an honest journey that Heather and I've been on together with this podcast and wanting to have people come on and also recognizing that it's not their emotional work to do all of this stuff, but also inherently we have an audience who is listening to utilizing that platform. So we're just grateful that that's that you gave the emotional space to do that and that you agreed to do some work in front of some people today, even though you didn't have to, but without wonderful people like you, we just can't, we can't move forward. So we are so grateful for your time. Really. Thank you. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the union podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends.